Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. John was there with the other disciples. They were listening and questioning two travelers who had just come to their meeting place. The two men speaking had set out for Emmaus earlier that day, but returned breathless with astonishing news. John's mind was filled with wonder and hope as the men described that the risen Lord was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. John had a growing hope that started earlier that day with the women returning from the empty tomb in the early morning. Then he and Peter witnessed with their own eyes that the tomb was indeed empty. And now the men who had left for Emmaus returned with such fervor and excitement that John must have been getting a little excited himself. Then it happened. Jesus himself stood among them. He said to them, Peace to you. And as Jesus showed them various signs and teaching, John and the others were filled with joy and marveling. Then Jesus sat down and let them know all that he went through, that it had to happen. John would later remember, understand, and relay to us that Jesus suffered and endured what he suffered and endured. It had an origin, and the origin was the Father's love. Everything that happened, it had to happen. It happened because John would record, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And using the scriptures, Jesus explained the Father's love and purpose to John and those who were with him. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets, and the Psalms. In other words, the whole Bible, it pointed to that weekend. It pointed to the fact that the Christ must suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. You are witnesses, John was told by Jesus, You are witnesses of all these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Jesus relayed to John and the others that the Father's love, it was made complete in the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's what it's all about. If you remember, John also has Jesus recorded as saying, love has none other... None greater than this, that one would lay down his life 
for his friends. Jesus said, I lay my life down for you. He let him know that this love is known in the forgiveness of sins that Jesus' work earned. But a person may ask, how do I get this forgiveness of sins? This love of the Father? Because I don't always feel loved. How do I get what Jesus earned for me? Now John answered this question in his record of the good news. In his gospel, John records a, a conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. It obviously stuck out to John. In this conversa conversation, Jesus repeatedly reminds Nicodemus of the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins that Nicodemus had previously rejected. Jesus tells him, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Again, he told Nicodemus, who is bouncing all over the place, he tells him, Nicodemus, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And finally, Jesus says in that conversation, Nicodemus, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Jesus continues to share that baptism which we receive has its source in the Father's love, which springs forth from the lifting up of the Son of Man on the cross. Remember, John was there at the foot of the cross. He saw real blood. He saw real water flow from that body. And in his mind, that was the Father's love. In John 3.15, he says that the Son of Man must be lifted up. That's the verse right before. He says, because for God so loves the world. God loves you. This is completely undeserved. And it cannot be earned. You cannot earn it. Out of love the Father sent His beloved Son to die in your place. Love caused Jesus to suffer. Love caused Him to bleed. Love led Him to the grave. For you. And everyone who receives this love of God in baptism is made into a child of God. If you have not yet received baptism, if you have not yet received this love, Jesus is calling you to those waters, the waters of baptism, just as he was calling Nicodemus to those waters. Now even though we were born in sin, God wills to make you born again. On account of his great love, he will turn sinners like you and I, into his children. John wrote in our epistle for today, See what kind of love the Father has given to us 
see it? That we should be called children of God? And so we are. Look what Jesus went through to make us his own. The three-day weekend, Good Friday to Easter, shares the entirety of it. Three days later, after that death, we see that love cannot be buried, for God's love lives. And when you received baptism, that love, in Romans 6, it says it was united to you. You were united to the greatest act of love that has ever taken place, the love that makes you a child of God. What an amazing thing. And this love, this love, it does make you a bit unusual though. It sets us apart from the world around us. We no longer find our identity in the perishing things of this world. Because of our baptism, we bear our Heavenly Father's name. And our identity is not found in what we can do. It's, our identity is found in His love for us. We no longer live our lives seeking to fulfill the desires of our hearts. Like Jesus who set us free, our desire is now to do the Father's will. And what is His will? He continues to love the world through His Son. It didn't stop. And this love is made known through the Word of God that we share to others as it was shared with us. We live our lives abiding in Jesus. To abide means stay put. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we do this, we abide in Him by receiving His Word. We receive His love through the hearing of the Word preached to us and the absolution spoken to us. You think that thing can't be forgiven? The words of our Lord echoes all the way through the lips of the pastor saying, I forgive you, even that thing. I love you. And we receive that love through the week as we read his word. John called himself, and you can read it in the gospel of John, he called himself the one whom Jesus loved. And when you're hearing that word, that title can be yours. You are the one whom Jesus loves. And we receive that love as we eat and drink his word in the supper. Receiving the very things that we need. Remember those two men on the road to Emmaus said, he was made known to us in the breaking of the bread. And this love it sanctifies. That means it changes us. And it causes us to live our lives so that our neighbors would know God's love as well. The things you're doing, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about everyone who God came to save. As God's children, 
we are quick to confess that we have sinned against God and other people. You're no longer trying to defend your wrong actions to others. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Now the temptation will always be to do what my temptation is when I'm confronted with something that I've done wrong. Well, it's been a bad week. (laughs) Or, well, you don't know the stress I'm under. Or whatever. In other words, I try to make excuses. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. Am I? No. No, we all do this. That's part of our sinful nature. But recognizing God's love for us and what God has come to save us from, we're led to confession. That's not just to God. That's also to each other. One of my most awkward moments as a father is coming and talking to my, to my, I don't know how old he was, but we could talk. So probably four or five years old the first time it happened. But telling my son, I'm sorry. I did something wrong. And then hearing him pronounce God's absolution to me. I forgive you. And he also echoed what we had read in scripture. The scripture was that God is slow to anger and abounding in, un- and, and abounding in steadfast love. And he said, Dad, you're fast to anger. <laughs> <laughs> but we are changed by God to no longer defend ourselves, but to confess our sin. Whether the person we're confessing to would forgive us or not, that's not up to us, right? But if they confess sin that they've done to us, we forgive. Why? Because we've been forgiven. It does us no good to hold back what we've received freely. And as God's, we do this because we know and understand that God's great love caused Jesus to die for our sins. That forgiveness that we're giving, we didn't even pay for. Sure, we've been hurt. And I don't want to... I don't want to seem like I'm skipping over something. If you've been hurt by somebody, and this happens, I know this from preaching other sermons about forgiving others. I know that there are hurts that can be so deep and so bad that you feel like you can't forgive. If that's the case, I ask that you would do this. Tell the Lord about it. In prayer. Jesus, I know that you tell me to forgive. Jesus, on my own, I cannot. Forgive me for this. And may your forgiveness well up into me to the point where that forgiveness overflows even unto this person. But you got to abide. You want to abide and stay in that forgiveness. Don't walk away because you're fed up with the expectation that you're to forgive. Stay until your cup's so full that you can't help but forgive. 
We know God's love transformed us sinners who who were objects of God's wrath. This love has made us beloved children. We love others because God in Christ loved and continues to love us. And you know what? That's the miracle of Easter. God's love creates hope in those who had no hope. And can't we use hope right now? This world is just, it's something else. You can't uh, look at the news too long without just either getting really angry or wanting to cry. People need the hope of Easter. It is truly hard to believe. And it is truly hard to believe this hope. And that's why John calls us to reflect on this miraculous truth over and over again, as I'm sure he did. The very words that he gives in that epistle, see what kind of love, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we, even us, should be called children of God. And so we are. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.